Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. Specs are just part of it. Flying is also about feeling. When I close my eyes and picture myself up there, the instruments help guide you, but you plot your course. You're free. Bonjour, and welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, uh, or sorry, CT0831. I got tripped up because of the French. Uh, but you can call me Hugs, and this is our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 11, titled Devil's Deal. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, which is kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, <clears throat> before we all get arrested for treason, let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. First up, he's taller than a Jawa, smaller than a Jabba, and just as entertaining as Jaja, he's... CT1231, also known as Edit. Bonjour, batches. Comment Hello. ça va? <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out our small battalion, we have the dopest, dankest dude on the Gobar, CT1006, but you can call him Joints. I'm not even going to try an accent. I have a hard time with English, so <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. So do I. How, are, okay. you, how are you twi-hards doing this week? Uh, we're, I'm twi-loving this episode, man. <laughs> yeah, it's better than last week's. I'm not For sure if it's sure. like an amazing episode in my opinion, but maybe that's just me. We'll talk oh, yeah, about that later. Can we <laughs> confirm that we're, we're this is twi or twee? Is it twi-lek or twi-lek? Ooh, I, that's a good question. I, yeah. I've always said twi-lek. Yeah. I've always said twi-lek because there's the apostrophe and I, you break it up. In oh, my mind, at yeah. least. So. Okay, so maybe you got right. the grammar. I have so, no idea. I, so I, you're I not bad with reading. English? What are you talking about? Jeez. <laughs> well, I do more reading. Half the time, I, I'll be pronouncing a word in my head, and then someone says it out loud, and I realize I've said that wrong my entire life. Yeah. Or read that wrong, I guess. Or like, remember Hermione? I, yeah, re yeah. I read Harry Potter, and Hermione was there. The only uh, reason why I figured out her name was because they said Ermione, and it's like, oh, phonetically, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, we got a uh, phonetically refreshing different episode this week, and I'm, I'm stoked to talk all about it with you two. But before we have Omega take us on a tour of a modified Omicron-class attack shuttle, let's fly with feeling and get your high-level thoughts on this episode. Uh, edit, let's start with yourself. Well, as I already uh, alluded to, I did enjoy this episode far more than last week's episode. Yeah. Um, I think it was... Uh, it, it, it's the kind of Star Wars I like. It, it felt connected to the already existing story while telling a new story. Um, mm -hmm. I loved how, you know, the Bad Batch weren't in this for a good amount of time. But or when they did come here. in, yeah. when they did come in, it was actually in an impactful way. They they are playing a part. I, I think this is a really nice way to tell the story in the galaxy while still incorporating some elements of the Bad Batch. I thought that was I thought that they handled that really well. So uh, I applaud them for that. Yeah, for sure. How about yourself, Joints? Uh, I don't know if I wanted to go back to Ryloth or anything like that. I feel like we've seen far far too much of it recently. So maybe that's my problem with the episode. But it is better than last week's. Uh, it just, again, it felt a bit uh, repetitive. Again, we've seen 
the resistance on Ryloth so many times. Yes, it right. was a bit of a different spin on it this time, but it still it didn't feel like anything new to me. But uh, it was cool for them to tell a story without the Bad Batch being a main presence. I was a bit let down in terms of the lack of uh, Crosshair, though. I felt like we'd be getting a lot more of his interaction and just focusing more on the like not anyone from the Bad Batch kind of felt odd to me in the show. I think he yeah. was used pretty subtly, but I actually have... I mean, I don't want to skip all the way to my theory, but I've got a theory for later. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm do... sure we can talk about that, we'll too. Talk about that. We'll talk about Just that. Just because I didn't yeah. like the episode doesn't mean I didn't, don't have things to talk about. <clears throat> yeah, for no sure. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that's not saying much, but the episode was definitely better than last week's. It mm-hmm. was... This is how you do a spin-off episode uh, sure, for, anyone, exactly. for anyone listening who makes these things. Uh, the, <laughs> this was what last week's episode should have been, and I guess they used last week's episode almost as like a primer to show like how the Empire is moving quickly from planet to planet to occupy and take them over. But this was a much better way to do it. And while it was a bit slower at times, and, and to your point, Darcy, again, more Ryloth, I thought that as much as this episode wasn't necessarily about the Bad Batch, I also think that subtly and very subtly, this wasn't so much a just about Ryloth. And no, I think no. I think this was definitely about some characters that we got to see come back that are yeah. fan favorites that we'll get into that we're so stoked for. Um, and uh, and I just I love the way that they sort of just, you know, introduce who they put in the forefront. And then, you know, Omega and Bad Batch kind of took a took a little break. And that was yeah. totally fine. But they were and again, still they didn't, they didn't. Right. But they didn't. Yeah, they were involved a little bit, but they didn't try to, like, force them into this storyline. And it did also feel very much like a setup. Right. This is a yes. setup for the Bad Batch now interacting with these characters going forward. Uh, I'm pretty sure. But uh, guys, let's let's just jump right in. Let's let's fly with feeling and get into the plot. Um, this episode opens on Ryloth, which not surprisingly is now under Imperial control, and we see Senator Ornfrey Ta chumming up with uh, Vice Admiral. Uh, Rampart, during a speech to the Twi'lek citizens, or Twi'lek citizens, Ta and Rampart push Cham to assuage his people's worries about the Empire taking over. In a not-so-convincing speech, Cham tells his people that the Empire and the clone troopers are on their side, but it's clear he and his wife, Eleni, aren't convinced themselves. Uh, he says, I should be content the war is over, but change is not easy, which he tells uh, Trooper Hauser. Rampart notes to Eleni that her daughter, Hera, is absent for her father's speech, but Eleni says Hera has other interests. Uh, Elsewhere on the planet, a youthful Hera and her droid sidekick, Chopper, are scoping out an Imperial mining facility. She definitely, uh, sorry, she's definitely not supposed to be there, but she relaxes a little bit to daydream about flying, uh, and then troopers, led by Hauser, find her. When the troopers take her back to her parents, we see Cham supervising a line of Twi'leks giving over their weapons to the Empire. Hera tells her father that Gobi sent her uh, to take a look at what's going on in the mining facility, and her mother tells her to let her know everything she saw. Hauser says he's not going to report Hera being in a restricted zone, but reminds Cham that they're in a tricky situation with the Empire and that it cannot happen again. All right, guys, so... What did you think of being back on Ryloth? I mean, we kind of already talked a little bit about that. Seeing the Syndulas again, and most importantly, seeing Chopper again. <laughs> I loved seeing Chopper. Like, that was right? the highlight for me. Like, so you know, when good. she said Hera, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then when they cut to, and then you see the droid head pop up, I was like, oh, yes. And I don't know. I feel like Chopper 
you know, is probably the the best addition of the droids that we've seen. He has the personality that is very much like a a R two D two, but I think even more juvenile than than R two D two. Louder, yeah, louder, yeah. and and just more sporadic. And yeah. I think he has a bit of C three PO in terms of his like his frantic sort of anxiety uh, nature. And there's always exa- his ex- his exasperation. He's yeah. always just like like he's shrugging and stuff like that. I've never yeah. seen a droid shrug so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. So <laughs> I, I, I thought it was great to see him come back, and obviously to see Hera at a young age. Um, you know, the, to know that what we're witnessing is is sort of the early origins of her story because you know when we're introduced to her she's you know a full-fledged adult you know flying the uh, the ghost so i'm curious to to know though and i don't know if this was necessarily covered in uh in rebels but i just love the idea that she grew up with chopper like chopper was her I, droid and and i also they, love i love how that sort of follows through though because then you see in rogue one we hear for, you know, they say, uh, I think they say General or Admiral or Captain Sindula or whatever over the intercom. And then you also see Chopper running around that facility in Rogue One. So it's just kind of cool to sort of see that, you know, she's his droid all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in, in Rebels, when we do see Cham uh, in that arc, uh, and Wayne Hera actually slips back into her accent from Ryloth, uh, he mentions, do you still have Chopper from the... the the, the Clone Wars era, basically. She said, okay. he mentioned he found her just after that or during okay. that time frame. So we, we knew she would be with Chopper at this point if we were to nice. see her, which was cool to see. Uh, I thought it was really neat seeing Hauser, personally. Yeah. Seeing like, another like clone commander, he looks like he still has yeah. a conscience. Like, he, yes. he isn't... Like, I'm, con- I'm wondering if he's just going along with something or what. Like, yeah, it's, no, it's I, I, weird. I, I like, think- the... I think there's there's some there's some relevant conversation that we need to have as as this episode progresses about what we think is going to happen with him. Oh, we've well, already seen. It almost feels like just from his first introduction there, the way Cham turns to him, it's like he's been stationed on Ryloth since and previous or before Order yeah. sixty six. So I'm yeah. wondering, like, if I feel like Cham would not be so willing to work with these guys if he had seen like the massacre of the Jedi. So sure. was a Jedi not on the uh, on planet, and therefore Hauser and his guys didn't have that violent switch immediately like I'm, I'm very curious to see about like, about that story personally it's interesting though because it's it doesn't seem to be just necessarily jedi right because we know that wrecker when his inhibitor chip went off he just saw the other clones and omega as traitors and that was enough to drive him you know to that violent state so it's like does he not have an inhibitor chip at all? Maybe that's what I'm um, thinking. That's you know, what I'm getting cause, at. Because he's constantly calming people down, and he was on Champ's side. And obviously, again, as you said, he's been fighting behind him, beside him for a long time. I, you see the mark on his face. Like I just, I just have to shout that out. And I also have to shout out his hair looks so good. Like yeah, he's very he's a handsome. With hairstyles, finally. He's very handsome. All the other guys you saw, Camino, he has yeah. a unique hairstyle. It's so funny. We, I was watching it with my wife, and I just said, "Do you like his haircut?" Because I think I want to yeah. get my hair like his. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I also wanted to shout out some of the music uh, in some of these moments uh, when when Hera and Chopper pop up. Um, she kind of, maybe, I don't know if that's her own theme. It's been a while since I've watched Rebels, but it does sound almost like a revision of Leia's, Leia's theme. Like theme. it kind it, of sort of flows it's, through that. It sounded Leia kind of hawnish at, at, at times. Well, it yeah. is it is her theme. And when they first uh, debuted the theme in Rebels, they also talked about how it was inspired by Leia, another, you know, strong women presence in the Force and in the galaxy. So they that's decided cool. to go with the inspiration for the another super strong independent woman type thing so yeah it's definitely meant to sound like leia's for sure and it's just so cool to see her young she's definitely a fan favorite and with kanan showing up in the first episode i just wonder how many cool point of contacts the bad batch are actually going to have throughout the series and like 
you know, are we going to get, you know, a really young Sabine? Like, are we getting toddler Sabine running around, you know, or could we get a Zeb Aurelios? Imagine Zeb and Wrecker in the same scene together. Come on, like Wreck and Shop together. Ugh. Um, and I just want to, I want to shout out, uh, sorry, a couple more things with Hauser. You did notice, like, like I don't know, man. I feel like Rampart is going to notice Hauser and and notice how he's acting and use him as even more of a reason to initiate uh, Project Warmantle, yes, to push Project Warmantle. To, like, to show that there are flaws in the system. Yeah, being like, this yeah. isn't working. Um, yeah. So and, 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 you know, I think the internet, it's funny because I, I obviously looked up some people's thoughts on this episode as well. And a lot of people are like in love with Hauser. And it's so yeah. funny how these characters can be on the screen for like two minutes and everyone's like, he's amazing. It's, well, again, he was my big takeaway from the episode. Yeah, for sure. His, was, his interactions and stuff like that was very unlike any other clone we've seen since the beginning of the series. Yeah, yeah I think that that's going to be the reveal, though, for him later in this episode when we see some of his interactions. 100%. He, I don't think he has an inhibitor chip or it's defective right? uh, it's just yeah. his interaction with hair app like when he apprehends her there is just like look i'll let you off the warning this time yeah, type thing absolutely. it's very very captain rex to ahsoka type thing like yeah. i don't know it's very like fatherly first generation clone i don't know it's really cool to see i really enjoyed his uh his presence in this episode again that was my big takeaway from the episode later Hera decides to go on a supply run with Gobi off planet where they meet up with the bad batch to purchase a case of firearms and explosives uh, while Gobi and the bad batch chat Hera goes to talk to Omega who gives her a tour of the Marauder Hera tells Omega her dreams of flying and living on a starship explaining that flying isn't just about specs it's about feeling Omega says tech won't let her train with the ship until she can recite all of its technical specifications from memory. The two clearly make an impression on one another, with Omega saying as she says her goodbye, she's kind of strange. I like her. Did you know that flying is about feeling or something? About feeling or something? So mm-hmm. cute. It was just like one of those dumb, like cheesy, cute moments. Uh, so what did you think of this interaction between these two very, uh, I think two young, very important rebels? Uh, I thought it was cool the fact that you know the feeling uh, line Hera threw out there reminded me a lot of uh, Finn's feeling line later on. It's like how do you know what ship you're looking for? It's like it's just a feeling. Yeah. So it, it's kind of mm. like alludes to the the, the Force sensitivity without being a Jedi. Like good pilots also are like Jedi's are also great pilots because of their intuition and the feeling right. that they have when flying. So right. it was very cool to you know yeah. harken back to that connection. Yeah, no, that's that's a great call out, Darcy. I, I totally agree with that. I feel like they really established how there was just something special about Hera and her desire to want to be a pilot. And, you know, the the episode really does hit that home with just how her belief and her sort of mantra, if you will, around flying and and whatnot um this is the part that i really enjoyed of of the episode uh yeah. was seeing the bad batch show up when they did because uh, i feel like they're they're subtly dropping how the bad batch are getting themselves into other business that they shouldn't really be getting into putting more of a target on their back as well right wow. the same time. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about target soon <laughs> but you know i i keep bringing this up but I still can't get over how masterfully Filoni keeps bringing in and mixing up these characters in a way that feels natural. Like, I loved how they showed the parallels of them both kind of being these kids who just want to get away from where they're from and and go on these adventures. And it was just, it was another moment of perspective from Omega 
to kind of understand a little bit about being a pilot, um, which I think is adding to her overall growth, right? And we see we've talked about how you know the influences that she has from her her four dads of the Bad Batch, and you know the influences maybe she gained on Camino uh, and learning from that little robot droid, whatever his name is, and 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 now from Hera. And so I just I love seeing these two interact, and I I do hope that we get to see them again, but as like adults, I think would be really really dope. I don't know if it'll happen, but. I can dream. Uh, we, we could definitely. I could. I think we could definitely see something like that. I want to hear. I want to hear if you. If any of you have fan casting, uh, stick around for the episode, and we'll we'll get the email to you in terms of how you can contact us about that. But I would love yeah. to know who you would cast as adult Omega and adult Hera. I think would be so dope. Uh, let's keep going here. Um, this is the kind of the last section here. When Hera and Gobi attempt to land back on Ryloth, they're shot down by Crosshair, who we saw previously place a tracker on their ship. Hera and Gobi are uninjured, but troopers swarm the ship and take them into custody. And much to Hauser's dismay, uh, they charge them with treason. When Cham and uh, Eleni, Eleni, Eleni <laughs> hear about their daughter's arrest, they immediately jump to her rescue and simultaneously declare their resistance against the Empire. In moments that clearly show where Hera got her scrappy, rebellious fighting skills from, Cham and Eleni's allies quickly take out the troopers on speeders surrounding the prisoner transport and successfully rescue Hera. Unfortunately, their victory was short-lived as Cham discovers Senator Ta was planning to use Hera's arrest as a way to oust Cham from the picture. When Cham points a blaster at Ta for threatening his daughter, Hauser reminds him to calm down and think about what he's doing. And Eleni tells him that Ta's time will come, but not this way. He lowers his blaster, and Rampart looks at, at Senator Ta, thanks him for playing his part, and then signals to Crosshair, who's hidden in the shadows off a cliff, to kill the senator. With Senator Ta dead, Crosshair signals for more troopers to move in and retake the area. It seems that while Senator Ta was planning to oust Cham, Rampart was plotting to use the senator to draw out Cham's rebellious nature and push him to act against the Empire, proving his suspicions. Moments before Cham and Eleni uh, are arrested as insurgents, Eleni sends Hera off in a chopper-driven speeder to escape the same fate. The episode ends on a cliffhanger of Hera alone, with her parents facing charges of treason, against the empire okay so guys what did you think of the assassination of orn free ta and the wrongful arrest of cham and eleni i just thought it was interesting when they were when after the the fire uh, the shot that kills ta rampart turns to them and says i'm going to arrest you under charges of attempted um, assassination and it's like that that's clearly straight up assassination. If he's dead, it's not attempted at anyone right. at that point. It's it's assassinated. So, so I'm just wondering how they're going to spin that with well, a dead body. I like, was going to get to I was going to get to that because it yeah he definitely does says say the arrest for the attempted assassination of Ornfrey Ta, and so it's like attempted, and he, you that, see him being lifted away on his stretcher. When you look closely, because I had to rewind a couple times, you see his little hand move. So is he still alive? Like, like, he do you think Crosshair shot? Head. But do you think Crosshair shot was like so accurate that like he hit him in the head and knocked him out, but didn't kill him? Uh, uh, sure, I guess I don't know. I just from what I know about blaster bolts, taking one to the head is never good from what it looks like. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That just it seemed odd to me that that was the way they're spinning it. Uh, mm. it definitely feels like they're building towards uh, you know 
Eleni's foretold death because we know that she died she in the, resi- die. the rising of the resistance on yeah. Ryloth, basically. So I feel like Crosshair is probably going to be the one to pull the trigger on that. Wow. Like seeing, seeing, how his role, time, yeah. I, seeing his role in the shadows and just perching up there, like it's going to be coming out of nowhere and it'll be that that'll be the death that divides Hera and her dad, basically. So Ooh, it'll I love be interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this sequence was the highlight for me in the episode just because it was so like it, it, it elevated this, the, you know, again, we, and I think it's every time we see freaking crosshair, it, he, he makes this show elevate in a way that's darker and darker. And just to see an actual assassination, to see the blaster bolt in Orn Frita's head, yeah. it just starts to remind you like, yeah, this is a kid show, but it's also kind of not a kid show at the same time. And so I just thought it was, I, I screamed because I totally thought he was going to shoot uh, Eleni. I knew he was going to shoot Chan, but I thought Eleni was going to get it here. So I, I, it's interesting that maybe, yeah, he'll do that in the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really want to quickly just call out uh, how all the troopers, um, except for uh, Hauser, were firing real blaster bolts, and then the Twi'leks were all, always there. Their blasters were set to stun. Just stun like it, yeah. it just shows how they fundamentally disagree with the direction that the clones are being taken and ordered to to take. But they remember how integral they were to the salvation of their people. They so, fought alongside them for so long, it's, so it's, it's yeah. cool. so hard to turn their weapons on them. For sure, and it's yeah. it's those little world sort of details that really help to make these characters feel real, which for an animated show is just cool to see how much attention they're paying to that sort of thing, where they could have just had them straight up shooting and killing those guys. It definitely also is, is more of a reminder, like earlier on in the episode, Cham goes on saying how in- integral they were. Like it's it's building on that as well. Like I guess it is a kid's show, but I feel like the intention to prove that like they still see the clones agree, as yeah. their comrades yeah. goes a long way in that. Yeah, uh, I, for sure. To me... To me, the tank, you know, chase and taking down went on a bit long. I know it wasn't that long. It's just, again, being on Ryloth, we've seen their fighting tactics before where they used small pack tactics and and advantage position and and advantageous positions to take over a more overwhelming, uh, you know, uh, force. So that's that's where it kind of felt stale to me, I guess, was like that whole chase scene and and, and taking it down was just like, I've seen this before. It was clearly a trap. Yeah, it was going a bit too easy. So that's why I was just like, this is too easy. And it's like to know it was, it's not going to be that easy. It was just like, this is just going too, it's too long. I don't know. As soon as as the tank started taking off and you could see the sort of the the clone escort that it had, I was like, man, this is a trap. It's totally too late of traveling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's and it's it's in Star Wars fashion that something would be a trap, right? So yeah, it's a trap. Uh, Okay, (laughs) well, listen. Wrapping up the plot on this one, I want to know what are your overall thoughts and your final score for this episode, which we'll be rating on a scale of one to five dead blue senators. Justin, we'll start with you. Um, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this. I gave last week's episode a, a rotten score of, of yeah, two bad. out of five. Yeah, because it, it was, was bad. bad. And this one definitely had leaps and bounds, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm 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 hooked. I can't wait to see episode two. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think I'm gonna give this episode a three point eight out of five dead blue senators. Um, so yeah, I think that it, you know I enjoyed it. I'm I'm definitely interested to see where the story goes with Hera. And Hauser, uh, what his involvement's going to be, because you know his morals and his his beliefs are going to be challenged. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. Cool. How about yourself, Darcy? Uh, I guess the whole the thing that really brings down this episode for me episode for me is that we're seeing Ryloth again. Like I said, I feel yeah. like we've seen it a lot. We know they they don't like being uh, controlled, so it's nothing nothing new there, in my opinion. Yes, it's different people trying to 
forced the rebellion, but still doesn't, it feels like old hat. So uh, other than the that, the introduction of like, how, like seeing Hauser and then seeing young Hera and Chopper was really cool, and it is neat to see their origins. So I, I am looking forward to seeing where those that goes. Like we said, we've talked about how Hauser's uh, behavior has a lot of implications in going forward, and if it pays off, it'd be really cool to see how that uh, plays out. Uh, but yeah, again, just the characters are the only thing that are bringing the, the episode up for me. Uh, so I'm probably going to go ahead and 3.3 out of 5 dead blue senator dead blue guys dead blue senators what it was <laughs> yeah too. yeah the the fat guy who got shot there we go uh, <laughs> um uh, yeah, yeah. It's, that's just yeah it wasn't it wasn't stellar but it was definitely better than last week so i, I can't go as low as that <laughs> there we go um listen i loved getting to see uh, harry and chopper again uh, and seeing her parents back in action i don't know i thought that was cool like i, I guess i haven't watched Rebels and and even Clone Wars in such a long time that I was like I kind of I kind of miss it I kind of miss seeing these beautiful French uh, aliens so um, I also really enjoyed this new uh, Trooper Hauser it was just interesting to see how also how uh, his relationship was with Cham uh, and to see where that might go I think um, the Twi'leks have come a, a long way from when we first saw them in Clone Wars and it's just really interesting to see them now fighting against the same troopers that that saved them um with the bad batch taking a back seat this time around i think it really helped to elevate other characters uh like the syndulas or even vice admiral rampart i thought actually was elevated a lot more with this episode or at least a lot more front and center uh and it really it really picked up in its in its third act in its final moments um i thought they were thrilling and dark which again whenever crosshair is involved things get a little darker um and this episode definitely it was a filler but i it it really felt like a part one, and uh, and I don't want to spend too much time on Ryloth because I do want to get back to more answers with Kamino and Omega. Uh, so I do hope we do get to see the resolve for Hera's story for now. But um, I don't know. This episode, it, I was delightfully surprised because I thought for a second that we were kind of getting a repeat of last week. Like Bad Batch is going to have to come in and save you know Cham and his family or something. But it was it, as the episode went on, I started to click for me. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This is just about... Hera and Chop and 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 her origin story and, and introducing Hauser. So for this episode, um, I'm actually going to give this episode a solid four out of five dead blue senators. Um, so uh, at the end of most of our watch clubs, we like to speculate on what we think is going to happen next. Uh, and with this episode ending on a cliffhanger, I need to know from you batches what's going to happen next. Joints, what do you got for me, bud? Well, like I've already, I already said, I feel like they're building up to crosshairs, like assassination or killing of Eleni. I feel like that the, the, those two are going to definitely have an interaction that yeah. will set off the, you know, the res- resistance in Cham again, as well as making Hera want to leave the planet to get away from where that all happened. Um, I mean, other than that, I really hope we get to see Hauser and his, because he still has a conscience clearly, and I want to see how that plans out in the uh, grander scheme of things like you said how rampart might use him as the scapegoat being like this this is the problem with the clones they yeah they're too human sometimes whereas if we get conscripts they want to fight type thing it's it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in my opinion so hopefully we see him and and cham i'm hoping we don't get a reverse uh captain rex and ahsoka where he tries to fight off but can't and then ends up you know being the one to kill Eleni. That'd be there that'd be a Whoa. much darker route to go if they make uh, Hauser pull the trigger on that. So. Yeah, that's that could definitely be that was one one outcome I was thinking as well. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like 
we're going to see Hauser die, but I think it might be under the intentions of trying to do something good, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like uh, to the point of either, you know, uh, Rampart's going to take him out and remove him uh, because he's he's uh, an issue, if you will. Um, I think that that's going to be it. But I, I do think that the way they were alluding to like his behavior and his, uh, the way he was talking and the, and the sort of thinking about things and asking questions, like his inhibitor chip is not working. And I think that that's what this is kind of opening as well is like, maybe there are some other clones out there that have defective inhibitor chips and are questioning what is right and what is wrong. Um, I also think what we're witnessing here, and maybe it's, it's stupid to say this, but it it is definitely a pre-rise of the rebellion. We're seeing, you know, especially from last week's awful episode, the only real takeaway is that you see, (laughs) you see, people rejecting the empire's influence and right. here you know we, we have that same sort of continuity again albeit it, it is ryloth but i feel like because ryloth has such a deep history in star wars and in clone wars and, and we've seen so much of it like to your point darcy while it might not necessarily be the place that we would want to see we could see somewhere else it, i think it it holds weight as to the sort of transition of you know the twi'leks resisting and going against again the clones that they fought side by side with, right? Like you guys were pointing out. Mm. I think a, real, a really big thing that just kind of bugged me, I guess, seeing Ryloth again is how they were, like Cham specifically, was willing to bend the knee, even though like the deal was once the war is over, they leave the planet. For them to go back on the word, and if that happened earlier, Clone Wars era Cham, uh, I feel like he'd be like, no, uh, that's not the deal. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what happened because it hasn't been long since the last time we've seen him in terms of the timeline. Yeah, uh, it just feels weird that uh, he'd be so lenient to you know bend the knee and you know they don't have enough episodes for them to um, establish him sort of being a little more um, uh, he, he, not as as feisty as he was. Um, so I think they really had to hammer that home in this episode because Darcy, I absolutely agree with you. He's gonna go off. He's gonna go off yeah. the handle, and that's what's because his wife is gonna get killed, and that is what's going to. They they needed to show him almost a little more submissive in this episode to make that even it, pop a little higher, bigger. I, it was just very jarring. Just in turn, if you look at his two appearances outside of this show, when you yes, look at Clone Wars so and then Rebels, he's a very similar character between those two shows. You'd think nothing would have changed over that timeline. So to see this thing in the middle of in between those two things, and yeah. to see him so like the polar opposite of what we like know him as was just very, I don't know. It felt very weird to me. I, I it was not a champ I was expecting to see ever. So I guess that was one of the, the big things that bummed me out is that champ does not seem the same as he used to. Like I understand that his the death of his wife would be a big factor, but I feel like he'd already be upset before that happens. In right. My but like, she's there calming him down. Right. And then, and then he doesn't have that anymore when she dies. So I think I think you're I think you're going to get that Cham that you're looking for in the next episode. Yeah, I I just, again, it's just weird to have a Cham that isn't like that because again, she yeah. seems more she seems more rebellious in this episode than he does. <laughs> for so sure. that's just it's just odd. It's yeah. just a very odd odd feeling for my. Uh, but from listen, my perspective. listen, listen, batches, shut up, batches, batches, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to talk about. Here, I want to talk about a theory that Darcy brought up uh, about Crosshair and how his inhibitor chip and how the inhibitor chips. This is from a long time ago in episode two of our watch club. Darcy brought this up and I was blown away and my mind was melted. And also, speaking of minds being melted, that also happened to Crosshair. Now, 
In this episode, we see him really proficient with his blaster for the first time in a little in a little while. He, he shoots Gobi's ship, and then he also hits Ornfri Ta's head, potentially not killing him. We'll have to wait and see. But he clearly at this moment isn't affected, which makes total sense because his head was so badly damaged in episode eight. Uh, and until until he was you know um, he, he, until then his shots were becoming more and more inaccurate. So I'm doubling down with you, Darcy. I really think that he no longer is doing these things because he has to. I think he actually wants to be a good soldier that follows orders because again, it's all he's ever known and he likes it that way. This series is all about change and how these characters cope with the changes individually. And clearly, he can't cope with what's happening to him and his Bad Batch brothers. And so therefore, that's absolutely what's happening. His inhibitor chip is no longer active since episode 8, and his shots are getting better. So, Darcy, like, 100%, dude. That's that's fact in my mind. There's no way it's not true. I, it'd be interesting to see if they play it out like that. Like, I'm wondering if it's not fully out of there. Because, again, I the whole family aspect going through here, I like, I want to see like a redemption arc for Crosshair. Right. If he's just doing a soldier because he doesn't know something else. I'll, it'll, you know, take him down a lot in my books just because mm-hmm. again, I'm, I'm hoping for a redemption, a good redemption arc for yeah. him and his, his family. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't know because he's the bad guy, Justin, you were saying bad guy's bad. So yeah, I, he could, you know? he could definitely, but he, I think there's, there's more conviction for his redemption, right? Like there's, there's a lot of build for that, but I, I like the idea though, that, his inhibitor chip has sustained some some malfunctioning uh, issues based on his injury. Therefore, you know, maybe it's easier to turn him back. I, I don't know, but that, that is an mm. interesting theory. It would be pretty interesting if, if they find out that his inhibitor chip is actually damaged and not working. So then, you know, he's just been doing everything because he wants to do it. Like, he is yeah. genuinely bad. That could be a really interesting turn for Hunter to have to let go. To have to move right. away, right? To like understand and deal that. with that change in yeah, his life, change in his life. So I, I, I see where it. you're going with that, but I do feel like they they they're probably going to lean into the redemption, even if it does mean that Crosshair dies at the end of it. Like you know what I mean? I, I I'm also wondering if that's that's kind of it. Like they get the redemption and then they lose him. And how cool really would it be? Becomes. How cool would it be if like they do like the redemption, but it's only in Hunter's eyes, like. He like there's this scene where like everyone's not there. It's just Hunter and it's just Crosshair he sees, and he Crosshair. Sees yeah. He sees the redemption, but nobody else sees it. So it just so lives within him. That, like Crosshair dies as a bad guy, but Hunter knows but he's that not. he actually. Oh, uh, can we write there, the show? That'd be, very, that'd be very poetic, <laughs> and it'd be very Star Wars to have you know yeah. the wider truth be the misinform uh, misinformation out there, whereas the the smaller collective knows what the actual uh, truth is. Very dark. Be very here. interesting. Very yeah. very much so. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we're going to leave you with that interesting nugget uh, because that is it for the 11th episode of our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, listen, you don't have to, uh, you know, you don't have to have your planet occupied by Imperial forces, perform a reconnaissance mission for your mom, or get arrested for treason when your blue fat president gets taken out. Instead, Justin, can you let our listeners know how to reach us? Why, of course. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. 
that's probably not my best French accent. But. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, we also have our other Watch Club happening right now for Marvel's Loki. And Darcy was actually able to join us for episode five. Uh, Darcy, it was so much fun going over all of those freaking Easter eggs. Were yeah, there so any much... Easter eggs that we you you had that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Oh yeah, there was a couple. I don't want to drop them here in case anyone hasn't watched the episode. But that oh, that episode is a plethora of Easter eggs, and it was so enjoyable to watch and talk about it with you guys afterwards. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say helicopter. Look for it. Yes, uh... I know. I, just, I, I, I went through my list afterwards and saw that. I was like, ah, dang it! I, like I can't wait. I think for I the... got that one. Did you get that one, Justin? <laughs> I think in there? I, that okay. one's in there. So I got right, that. Right. I got that one. Um, I can't wait for the finale in just a few short days. We also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest content released on Disney Plus right now, including our spoiler-filled review for Marvel's Black Widow and our review for Disney's Monsters at Work. So go give those a listen and a a five-star review if you don't mind. Darcy, did you actually get to watch Black Widow yet? No, not yet. I'm okay. saving to watch it with my family, my mom and brother, because you know that's what we do with Marvel, and it's been a while since we had a Mar- Marvel movie. So we're waiting until we can all sit down. Well, hey, yeah. Friday, you can go see it in theaters. Let's go. Let's. I'm so stoked for that. Here in Ontario, theaters are opening up. Well, listen, Justin, Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Watch Club. And as we say, good, good soldiers, soldiers follow, follow orders. orders. <laughs>